0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 285 of the Ask the Coach show, where Pings Hills helps you improve your table tennis. Today in the show, we're going to be talking about the importance of linking your strokes together. We'll have our regular segments, and of course, answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois.
1: Uh, thank you, Jeff, and uh, welcome all you listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another big show, alloys.
1: Ah, uh, always, Jeffrey. <laughs> big show number two hundred and eighty-five, isn't it? It is two
0: hundred and eighty-five. That's a lot of shows. That
1: is a big number.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. So um, spread the word, people. If you're listening to this on the podcast, tell your friends about it and <laughs> get them involved too. Um, now, the reason people should listen to it, alloys, is because of your great segment. On this day. Uh,
1: that's probably why everyone who is listening is listening, Jeff, but uh, I'm glad you're recognizing that. Well, on this day for yesterday, um, but it might still be today in the US, is Father's Day. So uh, in the US and other parts of the world, um, it is Father's Day on the 18th of June. So uh, happy Father's Day
0: to all the fathers out there. But, um, but for us fathers in Australia, we have to um, wait for a different time of year.
1: Yeah, we have to I, we have to wait till September, I think, don't we, Jeff?
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever those
1: kids come in and, and uh, make us breakfast, that's Father's Day, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good. Uh, but on a table tennis uh, point of view, tomorrow, the twentieth of June is Ding Ning's birthday. Woohoo! Yeah. So uh, so happy birthday to Ding Ning for tomorrow, and Ding Ning, obviously one of the. Probably the all-time greats now in uh, in women's table tennis. So having now won an Olympic gold singles um, medal in uh, 2016 in Rio, um, but also having two Olympic gold teams uh, medals as well. So three Olympic gold medals under her belt. Um, and as we know, just recently won the Women's World Singles Championships for the third time in Dusseldorf. So she won uh, the Women's Singles in 2011, 2015, and now in 2017. So three singles gold medals as well as three teams gold medals. And for the first time in Dusseldorf, won the Women's Doubles gold medal as well. So, so uh, great effort, uh, Ding Ning.
0: What and- an amazing record. That is super impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is super impressive. So the 20th of June, uh, a very special day for Ding Ning.
0: Happy birthday, Ding Ning. Awesome. All right, Alois, now um, this segment is still still alive, the joke of the week, only just. Um... <laughs> it really
1: depends on today's uh, contribution, Jeff.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, a lot of pressure. All right, well, we'll, well, here it is, Alois. Why can't you trust an atom?
1: Um, I don't know, Jeff. Why can't you trust an atom?
0: Because they make up everything. <laughs> everything. They're
1: atoms. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not, not bad, Jeff. <laughs> no, it, it, might, uh, it might keep you on for another week.
0: It <laughs> might keep this even alive for another week. All right. Well, um, quickly moving on to some more um, table tennis stuff. Let's yeah. move on to the yeah. tip of the week.
1: Yes. And uh, so last week we talked about the basic strokes and just making sure you have those basic strokes correct. So this week we're talking about linking the strokes um, in a set pattern to start off with. So so what I mean by linking the strokes is now you're combining uh, different strokes into a drill um, called training drills. So for example, the most simple of linking drills is to do one forehand and then one backhand. So get Your partner to feed the ball um, in a set pattern, once to your forehand side, once to your backhand side, and you need to switch between a forehand and a backhand. So that's the simplest of linking drills, but it's a really important um, thing to start off with um, because if you can only play your uh, strokes in isolation, then you you never really can play a game properly. So a game isn't made up of you going out there and hitting um, forehand after forehand. Um, It's made up of your opponent testing you by placing the ball into different positions and getting you to start to link all of your strokes together. You know, the ultimate linking of strokes is a rally where you, you might start with a serve, a return of serve, um, make a topspin off a backspin, then play a counter top spin, and those sort of things to to link all of the different strokes together. But initially, I want you to just think about um, just linking some simple, basic uh, counter hit strokes together.
0: Yeah, so so this really builds on what you're talking about in the last show, doesn't it, Alois? Like to start with, um, it's important just to get the the right you know start and finish position for your strokes. But then, like you said, that's not enough because um, yeah, in a game, it's going to come to different positions, and so it really is um, hitting one backhand and one forehand is really is different to just hitting two forehands in a row.
1: Yeah, you're coming exactly because because you're coming from a different place. Um, you're uh, when when you hit a forehand and then uh, recover to play another forehand. You could almost cheat a little bit by turning yourself side on, uh, by coming straight back to that start position for the forehand um, where, you, where, where the pattern becomes completely different uh, rather than coming from the backhand position to the forehand position. So, so you do need to experiment with linking strokes in different uh, ways to really ultimately start to be able to play a good game of table tennis.
0: Yeah, all right. That makes a lot of sense. Excellent. All right. Now, um, let's move on to something related in the drill of the week.
1: Yeah, so um, this week we have decided to give you the ping skills drill as the drill of the week. Sounds like a
0: good drill just by the name, Alois.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So the ping skills drill is a fairly simple drill. It's, again, switching between backhand and forehand. But what you're doing and I'll just describe it to you, but uh, you're playing a backhand from the backhand corner, then you're playing a forehand from the middle of the table. Then the third ball, you're playing a backhand from the backhand corner again, and then the fourth ball, you're playing a forehand from the wide forehand position. So it's a four-position drill. Backhand, forehand from the middle, backhand, forehand from out wide on your forehand.
0: Yeah, it's a really good one too. Like it, When you explain it, it does sound a little bit complicated, but it's actually quite, like you said, it's actually quite simple because um, the switching is not involving a lot of footwork, but it does get you moving to the wider ball and the middle ball. So, yeah, it's a really good drill.
1: Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, we find that a lot of players like that drill because you you, you do have a little bit of variation with the switching.
0: Yeah, excellent. All right, so, yeah, get out on the table and give the ping skills drill a try. And I guess the beauty about a drill like this, Alloys, is you can kind of tailor it to your level. Like, if you're just starting out, you can um, just do some counter hits, potentially. And, um, you know, if you're a really advanced player, you could be doing top spinning off all those balls. So you can really tailor it to your level in terms of the speed and the spin that you put on the ball.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and you can even have... a, a- combination or a mixture of those so a a common uh, one that a lot of players use um, with the ping skills drill is to is to control the backhand and top spin the forehand so whenever it's on a backhand it's just a controlled uh, backhand ball uh, but the two forehand balls are, are more of a top spin ball and I think it just needs to reflect how you play in a game situation as well
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense. All right, so yeah, everyone get out there and try the ping skills drill this week and then let us know how you like it. All right, Alloys, it is time for the tournament wrap. What's been going on in the world of table tennis in tournaments? Yeah, so
1: um, we we know that the world championships have just been, uh, but there's really no rest for these uh, top players because we've just completed the Japan Open. So this is a World Tour Platinum event. So it was the uh, Lion Japan Open. Um, and, uh, you know, the, all the, all the uh, best men were back on duty again. And uh, I guess no surprise, but I suppose really a testament to his uh, durability. The winner of the men's singles was Ma Long.
0: Very impressive.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, it would be easy for Ma Long after winning his uh, second World Championships to just, um, you know, ease off a little bit and uh, and let the uh, let the guard down a bit, I suppose. But he was in uh, really devastating form um, during this tournament. So he beat Koki Niwa in the quarterfinal um, 4-1. Uh, fairly, fairly convincingly, he lost the third game 11-9, but then the... Fourth and fifth were five and three. Um, so so really, uh, really hammering that home. Then had Zhu Zin in the semi final, So again, not, not an easy easy one, but winning that 4-2. Um, again, finishing really strongly, uh, winning the fifth and sixth games, 11-5, 11-5. And then, um, and then in the final, came up against Fan Zendong again. So we know that... Uh, they, these guys faced off in the final of the world Singles championships uh, just a, you know just over a week ago um, so faced up again in the final and again Ma long this time a little bit easier um, winning four1 and um, again you know it was one all and then he was able to cruise out 11 seven 11 eight 11 five. So, Ma Long really stamping his authority on world table tennis. I mean, if he hadn't already done it by winning his second world championships. But I think, you know, when you can just go out there after the world championships and then stamp on these players again, I think that really shows that you are in charge.
0: Yeah, he he just does not lose very often, does he? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean there, there was a little period where he did go through and lose a few matches um earlier this year, but uh but yeah, no, he's really uh he's really uh gone to another level now, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly has. Yep. And and you had an interesting thing about um what happened ten years ago, um Alloys. Yeah, that,
1: that's right. So uh so this this was actually a bit of a um a bogey tournament for uh for Marlong. Um, so this is his first Japan Open that he's won. But 10 years ago, he lost to Wang Hao in the final um, of uh, of the Japan Open. And, uh, you know, since then has been trying and trying to win this event, but uh, finally has been able to, uh, to win the Japan Open um, in 2017. Yeah. And this now puts him uh, – this now it was his 24th World Tour title and is – put him just two wins behind uh, Samsonov. So Samsonov's got 26 wins, um, and um, Mar Long now on 24. So catching him rapidly, and, you know, you'd be uh, a brave man to not bet on him uh, overtaking Samsonov's record.
0: Yeah, yeah, at this stage it looks very likely, <laughs> very likely indeed. Um, and so, um, yeah, what happened in the women's singles, Alois? Well, women's
1: singles is a, was a bit a bit of a different story here so no ding ning um and no uh you know Zhu and the, and um and those guys so it was left up to the younger players um but you know facing off against the strong japanese players and um a player by the name of sun Ying Sha. Uh, took the title. So Sun Ying Shah, 16 years of age, you know. Wow. Like, where do these players come from? And um, she actually had to go through the qualification tournament for this event um, to, to get through to the main draw. So she had a lot more matches than everyone else um, and then was able to uh, beat um, Shanjiao Na in the quarterfinals from Germany, um, strong player. Uh, Then I suppose the the really um, uh, impressive results for me were then beating Wang Man Yu from China in the semi 4-0. So three close games, 16-14, 11-9, 14-12, but then 11-7 in the fourth. But then in the final, faced up against uh, the other young uh, Chinese player, Chen Meng, and beat her 4-3 after coming... From three one down to take the last three games eleven seven eleven nine eleven eight. So, um, you know, where, where where do these players come from? Sixteen years old. You know, we were talk we talk about Mima Ito. You know, as being fantastic, and Mima Ito made the the um, the quarterfinals here as well, um, losing to Wang Yu four two. But you know, China has now. I think will you know, work hard with Chen Meng, Wang Man Yu, and now by the looks of uh, this Sun Ying Yingsha um, moving forward um, to the next world championships. And, you know, they, they would have been starting to get a little bit worried um, about the strength of the young Japanese players and, you know, who was going to uh, be able to uh, to hold them off. But, you know, I think they found another three goodies here
0: yeah absolutely i mean yeah coming through the qualifications you don't see that very often so um yeah i think we'll be seeing a lot more of her on the scene very yeah. impressive
1: yeah absolutely very impressive uh indeed so yeah 16 years of age taking the title um i am impressed
0: indeed yes. um yeah so what's up uh what's up next in the world Yes. Tournament?
1: so the, yeah the world tour i mean just rolls on and uh and next week is the China Open, and you know the, the Chinese players will be wanting to win that uh, win that event. Um, so that comes up um, on the twenty uh, second twenty second of June. Uh, it starts and finishes on the twenty fifth of June. So uh, so you know that's uh, that's another another big tournament coming up for these for these players.
0: Yes, indeed. And then, and then, Alloys, the Australian Open this year it's to um, be excited about Australia for a second is going to be huge this year.
1: Yeah, it is. So the Australian Open this year um, will feature some uh, some big players as well. So um, I'll just have a quick look at the uh, list of entries. But um, the men's singles uh, from China, we have uh, Zheng Jike, wow. one of the all-time greats. Uh, Fan Zhen Dong, runner-up at the World Championships, uh, Fang Bo, runner-up at the previous World Championships, Zhu Xin, former World number one, and then the young guys Liang Jingkun and Lin Gaoyuan. So, uh, so that is a huge lineup in the men's singles um, for uh, for the Australian Open. This is the best field that. Um, Australia would have ever seen, apart from, of course, the Olympic uh, field in 2000. And in the women's, uh, Zhu Yu Ling, um, Feng Tian Wei is coming from Singapore. She's a she's a regular. Uh, but then Chen Meng, uh, Ishikawa, Muhirano, uh, Chengi Cheng, Mima Ito. Um, it, the list goes on. So absolutely uh, huge field um, for the uh, for the Australian Open. So something for. The, the Australians to get excited about
0: absolutely awesome awesome all right Alois. well that brings us on to the questions are you ready for some tough ones today
1: oh I don't know about that Jeff but yeah hit me with them <laughs> let, let me see
0: all right first up we've got a question from Chandra Kerr who he says hey Alois, my partner is asking me not to hit the ball very hard in training he says that if we can hit the ball slowly and with the basic movement correct, then we will face no trouble in a tournament attacking the ball first. All we need to do is make the stroke bigger and faster. Do you feel he is correct or must or should we practice attacking separately too? He says, I think we should practice attacking or else it'll create problems in serious matches. So what advice do you have for Chandrakar?
1: Yeah, so um, so Chandrakar, Ch- I think the... the you both got some really good points there initially it's really important to develop your technique develop your the skill at a slow level so just making sure that you can play that ball correctly um that your technique looks okay and your friend is right then to make the ball faster what you need to do is make uh, make that stroke bigger and faster that's the way to do it but You do need to do that in practice as well. So you can't practice slowly all the time. And then when you walk uh, walk into a tournament, just then expect to be able to hit the ball fast. You also need to practice hitting the ball faster in your training situation as well. So you both have very good points. So start slowly. Start by just making sure that the technique is correct at a slow speed, then speed it up but speed it up in training um because you can't just pull it out in a big in a big match situation
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense Alois. and you know it sounds like a win-win situation everybody's right uh, so that that's a great outcome
1: <laughs> Oh, of
0: course <laughs> excellent all right tra- uh, chandra chur hopefully that helps you out so yeah work on um work on your strokes improving the consistency and also just gradually build up the speed as well um yeah so, good one. All right. Next up is a question from Umesh. who says, I'm thankful for your advice to keep practicing, only serve with full focus, and I've been doing it religiously for the last five months, and owing to my game as well as my confidence level has now improved. But now, Allies, he wants you to guide him for the backhand loop against heavy chop. So backhand flick, I think. Yeah, oh, so it's the backhand, backhand hand- loop. What am I- yeah, the backhand flick, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Backhand
1: flick, Jeff. Um, so this is a difficult stroke. So if you're trying to just backhand flick the ball um, straight against a heavy chop, it's difficult to lift that ball up and over the net because the the chop is going to drag that ball down.
0: Yeah, and I guess you're playing against a flick, which means oh, you're playing against a short serve because you're trying to flick it. So you don't have room to kind of lift that uh, backspin.
1: No, that's right. Your stroke needs to be fairly fairly short. So, uh, Umesh, the the advice is to develop your backhand side spin flick. So the backhand side spin flick um, is easier to lift the that heavy backspin ball because you're playing around the side of the ball, so you're not um, hitting straight against the the spin of that backspin. You're brushing on the side of the ball where the ball isn't spinning as much. So um, have a go at practicing the backhand side spin flick rather than just the backhand flick. If the ball comes to you with heavy chop, um, we'll uh, we'll put a bit of a link uh, in our um, show notes of the video on the backhand side spin flick for you to have a look at, because um, <clears throat> that's that is a stroke that you can develop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you when when you well, when I'm watching the top players, Alois, it seems like this backhand spin flick is used like a lot these days and it is an important shot to develop. But then I also, part of me thinks that, you know, sometimes people forget that the short push can be really effective against a heavy backspin serve as well. So I don't think you should count that option out either.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, Jeff. I think um, it's probably an underutilized stroke now, the short push. Um, and it's a stroke that is, because it's underutilized, is becoming more effective because players are almost expecting you to flick the ball at them. By being able to push the ball short back to your opponent, you can often set up a good next attacking ball.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so, Umesh, definitely um, take a look at that backhand seismic flick and and work on that stroke because it is important these days. Um, But also, yeah, work on your short push too. All right, good luck. All right, next up is a question from Paul who says, What happens when the person serving hits the table with his bat making a loud noise? I find this happens quite a bit and he's off-putting
1: yeah so unfortunately, Paul, there is no rule against that. so if they are hitting the you know hitting the table on their follow through with the serve um, that 's just part of the game, and it 's really something you 'll have to start to um, block out or tune out um, it, it, sometimes it 's not that easy, especially now that you 're a bit focused on it um, it 's not going to be that easy to tune out to it, but um, it 's perfectly legal unless of course you know they're they're deliberately smashing their bat on the table to to uh, to put you off. Uh, but if it's just part of the service action, um, and it does happen a fair bit, um, then it is actually okay.
0: Mm, yeah, there you go. All right, Paul. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, just try and um, just focus on the type of serve they're doing in the spin and not, not worry about that too much.
1: Yeah, if you if you focus if you focus yourself completely on the ball, um, you know, focusing on um, some uh, something about the ball, then you'll start to be able to to tune the um, the hit hit of the table out.
0: Yep, excellent. All right, good tip. Um, yeah, good tip, Alois, and hopefully helps you out, Paul. All right, next up is a question from Timo, not Timo Bowl, but um, <laughs> question from Timo. He says, "Hi guys, I have Raxka seven 1.8 millimetres on the forehand and Yasaka X-Soft 1.8 on the backhand. And I'm thinking about trying something else. And he says, how are Tenergy rubbers for a player who's not a professional? He's going, what is the best choice? Is Tenergy 5 faster than Raxus 7?
1: Yeah, so Timo, um, good equipment question. Um, Tenergy is faster uh, by a fair bit to the, the Raxus 7 if you 're using one point eight mil Raxa seven, um, I think your next step is to go to a thicker Raxa seven rather than going to tenergy um, there's plenty of uh, pl- a place to play there or sorry it, plenty of change there if you go to a maximum or two point one millimeter uh, Raxa seven uh, rather than going to the tenergy rubber um, one you 'll save yourself a heap of dollars um, but two it'll be a, a a, a a reasonable step up, um, without being too too big a step up, um, you know, in speed and spin, etc. So yeah, so that that'd be my advice. Go to the go to the Max um, Raxa Seven rather than to the Ten G 5
0: Yeah, yeah, good advice. Good advice. Uh, it, it is hard sometimes for players to know when to switch with so many choices. Alice, we do find this um, is a difficult area for players. Um, but I guess yeah, yeah try out the two mil first yeah good advice yeah
1: it is it's um i mean you know we, we often talk about equipment um and all the choices that there are and, and there are literally hundreds and hundreds of choices out there you know don't make it too complex for yourself playing with raxus 7 max uh, thickness you know the 2.1 thickness is going to be plenty of speed and spin for just about anyone um, you know unless you're ranked in the top hundred in the world or top two hundred in the world um, you know that that maximum Raxa seven is is a good enough rubber so um, yeah I think yeah. Uh, just yeah go go with that.
0: Well said, Alois, and I think that's a good point, a good place there to wrap up the show. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you check out uh, our website, pingskills. dot um, for lots more table tennis advice. And as we said in earlier on the show, spread the word about the podcast. Let your friends know about it um, and get them on board. We'd really appreciate it. And if you do get a chance and you're listening on iTunes, yeah, just give us a rating there. That'd be helpful too. So thank you everyone and thank you alloys
1: Thanks Jeffrey and uh, thanks listeners uh, yeah get, get, get on to your friends um, but um, yeah thanks uh, thanks for listening and uh, you know send in, send in your questions as well to on the ask the coach page on the website um, that's where we'll uh, source all of these um, all these questions from and also some exciting news for our
0: premium members Jeff.
1: Yes, with the yeah, with, the, um, oh, with oh. the live stream coming up.
0: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So for our premium members, we offer a, a live stream once a month, and so um, if you want to be involved in that, sign up as a premium member at Ping Skills, and uh, we'll let you know about the date and stuff. And yeah, we really we've just been starting the live streams. This will be our second one, and we um, we talk about a topic on table tennis. Um, so um, with thinking about doing something on sports psychology so we we'll, that that should be really helpful for everyone out there for this upcoming live stream and also you can interact with us live on the live stream obviously that's why it's live so um yeah you can ask us any questions you want live and uh, yeah it's, it's really fun and um and hopefully beneficial to all our premium members so yeah get on board get on to com and become a premium member or if you already are look out for the email and try and join us on the next live stream Alrighty, thank okay. you everyone, thank you Aloys, and we will see you all shortly. <laughs> Bye.